Hello and welcome to another episode of Startup Chats, the podcast where we have honest and frank conversations with founders of businesses. We'll dive into the tools, techniques and mindset required to start a business from those who have lived through it. This week I caught up with Fabian who set up Camp Horizons with his fiancée Helen. It's a kids summer camp in East London which does loads of different activities from football and dance to games and acting and everything in between. They both run Camp Horizons alongside their full-time jobs, so it was great to chat about how that dynamic works and much more. From this episode you'll take away how to start small and grow with no fear, coping mechanisms during intense periods, and tailoring your products by actively listening to customers. Hope you enjoy. Hi Fabian. Hey Piggy, how's it going? Yeah, good thanks, yeah, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad, it's hump day. Uh, it is as we record yeah. this it's wednesday yeah. how's uh how's your week been so far yeah busy really busy with Nightmare. the with the with the main job yeah yeah we're okay. not here to talk about no, we will not be yeah so on that note uh can you tell me who <laughs> what your what your other company is called and uh what it does and who you are sure yeah absolutely so uh hello everyone my name is fabian um, and I run a very small childcare business called Camp Horizons. Um, and I should mention, I run it uh, with my fiance, Helen. Um, so a bit of a mum and pop type outfit. Um, it's essentially uh, a kid's summer activity camp or sort of activity club. We have been running, we ran for four summers up until summer 2019. But then we, with COVID, obviously, we didn't run last summer. We're hopeful of running this year, this uh, summer 21. Uh, And essentially, we sort of offer all your sort of standard sports and activities, arts and crafts, that sort of thing. We had, in 2019, three sites uh, in East London, two in Newham and one in Hackney mainly because that's where we live i grew up in hackney so i know the area quite well and the, uh, we run a site here in stratford and another in beckton at the university of east london so um yeah it's mainly for sort of primary school kids and do you want me to sort of give a bit of, about where it came how we, how we sort of got there yeah, that sort yeah, of yeah. Thing. i'd love to know where, where, where it started where it came from Cool. So, so um, myself and Helen, we actually met out in the States doing sort of Camp America, but essentially working out over in the US at a kid's summer camp. And there it's like an institution, you know, all kids go to some form of holiday uh, or summer camp. So um, I ended up uh, getting a bug for it. Uh, I did it for four summers uh, throughout sort of university uh, and Helen did it for two and I sort of did sort of general sort of activity lead jobs and then worked up to uh, the grand old title of waterfront director, which was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically managing all the lake-based activities and like team of 10, um, sort of lifeguards, activity instructors, um, and we'd have, you know, up to 100 kids down there. So, you know, you take a, a kid from Hackney, East London, who's... You know, never driven a boat or anything. And um, yeah, I I was responsible for all that. So um, it was really cool. Um, Me and Helen, like I said, we met there. It's been a big part of sort of our story together. And I've always wanted to run something like that. 
and um, mm. basically we were in in Florida back in two, 2016 and I kept going on about it uh, we were on holiday with my well with Helen uh, my dad and my stepmom uh, and my stepmom just said look you know because I was talking about doing a big residential camp buying land and all that and she mm. said you know why don't you start off small you know rent a community hall or, or a local school and start doing you know just like a day camp thing so um, that you know that was Easter 2016 and by sort of july uh 2016 we were running our first ever summer camp and uh, you know the 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 three or four months in between were completely manic and and we'll get on i guess later on Mm. in in the podcast about sort of hints and tips and advice i would have given myself uh back in easter 2016 but um that's sort of how we got there We're, we're we're very it's a seasonal business so the way we sort of look at it is we'll sort of be quite busy between sort of now March, April time and August, uh, obviously with the planning and the recruitment and then sort of marketing. Mm. Um, and then we sort of try to sort of, you know, put everything away, do the end of summer sort of mini review and then not really think about it until till sort of next year um and that works quite well for us um so that's interesting so so camp having been at camp in america it's given you not only a a sort of side hustle side business but also a fiance yeah yeah two for one yeah i know good deal yeah (laughs) passion for for business and and a and a passion for love yeah there you go who knows what can happen at camp um yeah, lots of strange things. Yeah, so that's really interesting. So you, you, I'm interested in the that initial phase that when you went from doing the camp for four years, do, and re- realizing that you, it was something that you really enjoyed, that you were passionate about, and then making that jump from that to okay, this is something that I want to. Not only you know it would be great if they had it a bit more of this sort of thing in the UK, but that I want to do it. What what was that jump like? going from that sort of initial, oh, this is great to actually, this is something that I would want to run and I'd want to do. When, when did that happen? Yeah. So it's, it, it's probably, it's happened in, in stages, but there was that sort of turning point. Uh, like I mentioned, when we were on holiday in America, mm. my dad and stepmom just said, look, just why don't you give it a go, start small and, you know, see where you end up. Um, but really, I, I mean, every so basically, you know, as you know, I work in management consulting, and every summer I sort of get the the camp blues. Or I used to because now we run a summer camp, but mm. you know, I sort of think longingly back to the days I was, you know, the waterfront director down by the lake, twelve hours a day, rather than in front of an Excel spreadsheet. Mm. And I've always thought, you know, in the back, of, there's always been that itch to um, to do something like that. Mm. And um, it was that moment that, you know, I realized, I think this is, this is probably a good piece of advice to, you know, similar minded people is that you don't have to boil the ocean, you can start small and and build something up. Um, Mm. And it was that realization that actually, you know, we could go and uh, hire a local school, you know, um, and then hire, you know, some additional staff, train them up promote our program buy the kit and you know if you think of it in sort of mini chunks it's it, it's doable so it's that sort of realization 
that it's doable. And I think I think there is that common thread through a lot of people that I talk to, where, like you said, it, there's an itch. So you you have your day job, you have the thing that you know pays the bills, but there is a lingering thing, a lingering itch that needs to be scratched and you don't necessarily need to conquer the world immediately it can it can start off small and yeah. do, do you think do you think you don't need to overthink that itch it's about recognizing in yourself what that itch is so for you it was really obvious because it was every summer where your mind was going to do you think for other people they should just what's the thing that they default think about and take small steps from there yeah so it's it's a good point actually because I've always said, you know, one day I'll, I'll sort of run my own thing. And up until that sort of turning point, I didn't really know what it would be because I've always thought it should be something. And I think mm. this is 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 uh, useful, but it should be something that you, you know, you don't have to be overly passionate about, but you have to have a strong interest in. And and it helps if you have sort of a, a skill set or, or, you know, some sort of capacity that lends itself to you know running whatever business or venture it is so it's yeah i definitely would say like not to not to be sort of too concerned with you know having to do everything at once Mm. um but do do your research so and i'll come on to that a little bit later um because you know there were you know when we talk about sort of challenges and, and things like that there were you know sort of being prepared often helps in those circumstances but i think yeah definitely just not being scared to give it a go is 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 what is what i'd advise that that's another common thread that emerges the shut off that fear bit in your mind the voice in the back of your head that says this might fail yeah and that it's a bad thing it's about shutting it off and saying let's just go for it so in that vein i'm interested in what what you said the sort of first three months were manic yeah what were your big like leaps that you made to go from not running a camp to running a camp in sort of three or four months yeah so uh, we're you know we work in childcare, and so you know the first hurdle is doing all your ofsted registration and stuff like that and um ofsted you know being a little bureaucratic can take ages so we Mm. actually only got we we could have run regardless but we couldn't accept things like childcare vouchers if we hadn't had the Ofsted registration and obviously it adds sort of legitimacy to your business Uh, you know it's great that we're 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 Ofsted registered but we got our Ofsted registration certificate through I think literally three days before camp started so (laughs) so um that was a hurdle um just getting to grips with, you know, Ofsted requirements, um, getting myself re-DBS checked. Helen being a teacher is is sort of all au fait with that. Mm-hmm. Getting another big hurdle was recruitment, you know, getting a team in place, getting their DBSs, um, building a website, you know, I'd never done anything like that. Fortunately, there are great um, sort of website builders mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, are very accessible and you can, build your site and you know in an evening and uh promotion and marketing you know that was that me and helen don't have any sort of expertise in that area and we 
and we still do um it's one of our biggest challenges is um is marketing and you know we did the whole um really labor intensive flying so mm. you know we flyered we live in the east village here in stratford there's 3000 flats here we got permission to fly a, mm. uh, quite old school marketing then yeah, yeah yeah really old school uh, it it worked for that summer but that mm. was another hurdle was the promoting and we're less nervous now but at the t- for our first summer we were probably up until the week before camp started we'd probably sold 20% of our places. Mm. So we were thinking, we weren't, you know, we were obviously horrified that we were probably going to make, you know, 5K loss or whatever for staffing and, and rental, uh, school rental fees. But it was the, um, it's just, we were just so nervous about how flat it would have been, you know, having seven or eight kids in, would have mm. been horrendous. Um, That's a good point because the, the way that your sort of product works is that actually there is, a point at which you need a certain number of customers yeah. to make it a, a valuable experience. Yeah, your critical mass for mm. our program is at about 30. You know, uh, 30 to 40 is, is, a, is a great number. And, and that's sort of what we plan for now. Mm. So that was another hurdle, managing the bookings, you know, data management. Um, yeah. GDPR kicked in a couple of years ago. So that's something else we've had to sort of learn. Mm. Um, but those three or four months, we just, because we had to do all of that for the first time ever. And, you know, there was just so much to learn. And, you, you know, you think you got over something and then something else comes up. So it was, just, it was just manic. And, you know, we're both busy people. So it was, you know, it was sort of, late evenings and weekends to 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 get it up and running so but, trying to squeeze it in around your other other commitments yeah mm. yeah exactly and but you know it's it you're motivated because it's your little thing and you know it's something that me and helen know know well you know we're always nervous about sort of the prep and getting the right number of kids in but we're pretty sure from day one we'll run mm. an awesome program um, but okay. we learned so much those three or four months and, and it's been fairly smooth since, but yeah, and it's exciting. It's, yeah. I would say t- to people who are about to either embark on that or sort of, you know, upping up, you know, their, their sort of uh, venture embrace it because yeah, you'll be tired, but, hmm. uh, yeah, it's probably the most intense learning period I've had in my professional and, and educational career it was really you know that sort of level yeah and so as well as that open to learning mindset and that sort of underlying motivation are are there any other uh sort of like mindset or like attitudes that you need to have going into something like those three or four intense months like what what as well as obviously the normal motivation what's that sort of mindset that you need to have to get through that I think uh, having a longer term picture as well, like, so we went in thinking we were going to charge 200 quid or something like 200 quid a week, quickly Mm. worked out that the market we're in here in East London, um, also in general, 200 quid is is pretty comparable with the the Camp Beaumonts and Camp Barracudas of of the UK who are like, you know, the top end. Mm. We thought, oh, great, you know, our margin will be massive and, (laughs) you know, we'll be running our residential camp in two years, that sort of thing. Um, We quickly learned that wasn't the case. And, you know, our our first year's 
weekly rate was like 80 quid um yeah but then that was okay we 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 realized actually you know in three or four years we'll grow you know we'll grow the number of sites it'll you know it'll be worthwhile doing it uh, so having that longer term view i think um being persistent you know the amount of times i had to call off stead always conti- continuously trying to improve the website um you know the marketing stuff just just be persistent and um drink lots of coffee <laughs> sleep um and yeah just just you know be practical think you know if you're if you know you're coming up to that intense period don't make don't make too many commitments with yeah. you know friends and, and whatnot it's like like prioritize yeah prioritize but do you know i've i've i call it coping mechanisms it's probably not the right word but for example something me and helen do now so that camp doesn't take over our sort of you know personal lives as well what we try to do is we'll during sort of busy season we'll dedicate an evening a week Mm. and maybe an afternoon at the week weekend and that's sort of you know if it's intense thinking time and doing time that sort of works and a coping mechanism or an example there is we for example, if we were to do a camp evening on a Thursday or a Wednesday or whatever, we'd order takeout, you know, yeah. and it's sort of, you know, we'd have to cook. Um, it's kind of fun having takeout and, you know, it's like we talk over dinner whilst, you know, we're doing sort of camp planning and stuff like that. Yeah. So, okay. I like, I really like practical. that idea. Yeah. The, the having tangible coping mechanisms because you know that things are going to be tough, but having things in place so it's it's like it's not burnout it's acknowledging that you're going to have a tough period but because of that it's almost the the rest in the you know as you're doing a sprint so that yeah. you know that you're going to have to have a rest period as well to be able to do the sprint properly um yeah. okay that's really interesting yeah and there's another i'm noticing another thread here around when you said having to to pivot your pricing to meet the market there's there's that like having to acknowledge where you are in the stage of your business to change and to adapt based on what you're hearing from the market but also something you said about and i suppose it's the nature of your business anyway but keeping your market quite local so being able to go and do you know foot flyering It, it 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 might sound really simple but that's probably a quick win because it means that it doesn't cost you anything to go and walk for a couple of hours around your local area and put flies in people's letterboxes or people's hands or whatever you yeah. know so it's a, it's like you this was something that came up in the last podcast but you you meet the need most appropriately as it comes up yeah definitely and you know the, you're right you know, we we had a very small market that we knew we could target and it it hopefully would work and it it did Mm. um you know we also got into local schools that sort of thing but if we were to become a national company you know a national sort of enterprise then yeah we'd have to pivot that approach Mm. because Mm. uh, you know unless you're going to hire a load of people to do it all um and foot flyering is really expensive Mm. hence we did it you know we spent we sort of dragged two mates along and we spent nearly two days doing it but Mm. you know but yeah it's absolutely understanding your your sort of local market and the best way to access it um i do think sort of digital you know marketing really can facilitate that example um 
but yeah, it's about tailoring your, your sort of local, yeah. So your product and your approach to selling your product to your local environment. Definitely. And, and so I, I want to move on to the, the sort of when you first got your, when did you first think, oh, this is actually going to going to work? You know, you had your like 20% period. When was yeah. the moment or has, has there still been a moment when it has there been a moment where you thought, okay, this is, we've got some traction now. And what did that feel like? Yeah, so I think the the proud the proudest summer we've had were, was probably the first summer because we sort of just got through it and that we developed a really good sort of customer base, let's call it, you know, mm. happy families who had used our, our, our sort of summer camp, um, which gave us the confidence for the next summer to open a second site and sort of build but summer 2019 was when we we had a bit of a, a stellar year really because we moved from we had four in total we had 45 kids in 2016 and that grew up to 220 in 2019 across oh, wow. three sites yeah um the other really the other th- sort of and it's that point around critical mass but what we noticed started happening back in 2018 2000 yeah sort of start 2019 is people were approaching us so we were getting you know and, and that's because you know our website now is towards the top if you search sort of school holiday clubs in east london or hackney or whatever mm. and parents were coming to us saying oh can we sign up now um people were saying oh can we you know you got jobs going this summer which made recruitment easier. And then the really cool thing was we got approached by the University of East London, specifically their sports doc site in Beckton. So it's a massive like sports complex. Um, uh, they do all the sort of sports science courses over there. And they said, look, do you want to, would you be interested in partnering with us? Mm. Um, because they wanted to reach out more to their local community and sort of, cause they got great facilities and they wanted to make, them as accessible as possible and one way of doing that was childcare during the holidays because what we normally do is we we just hire a, a school um and pay you know a weekly rate or whatever and it's very like us and them sort sort of relationship um whereas with uh, uel university of east london we've we've got this partnership thing going where it's sort of pain gain share type arrangement but also mm-hmm. We do everything sort of together, the marketing, we sort of talk through how we're going to do it. Um, we we actually had sort of sort of a, a mini internship from a UEL student. So sort of helped us for four months in the run up to um, 2019, which was really cool. Um, and so, yeah, you start as you grow and, ex- and, and, you know, we're not a massive organization by any means, but you do start to get these additional like new opportunities. Um, and you know that's a sort of model we hadn't really thought of uh but it's something we could potentially replicate with sort of other schools or other universities and um so yeah i'd say 2019 was a was a a great year that really sort of you know we we made a some profit margin you know profit and had a decent profit margin Mm. um it ran really smoothly we had a great team the marketing worked and we, you know, we had over 200 kids, which was really great for us and, and you know, really positive feedback, no sort of incidents, um, which was sort of proof that sort of the day-to-day running, 
you know was was working quite well okay so you're getting lots of different feedback points from not just like direct feedback from your customers but also almost from the market as well that that sounds like a really nice sort of yeah like you said critical mass point where you're getting people coming to you which is always what you want as a business and and i feel like that's a really good point where you know you're onto something is when you're getting referrals you know people who've heard about it through someone you know through their family who've been to it or that kind of thing feels like a really nice point to get to just makes everything so much easier you know if if 20 or 30 percent of your customer base is through referrals it's just Mm. so much easier yeah and if you know if 40 percent are repeat customers that really you've only got to go out and try and get that extra sort of 30 to 40 percent yeah customers so um so yeah it's sort of you know like the the snowball effect and how how much through your feedback how much active let's say product let's call it a product how much active product development or adaptation or changes do you do and and what's the process that you go through is it a we listen to what the feedback is from our customers is it you try and look for future trends that kind of thing or yeah so so product development for us means a couple of things so it means that sort of active listening piece so i'll give you an example um for us so (laughs) in the run-up to each week at camp me and Helen would spend hours looking through all the registration forms, trying to understand what kid, what each kid really enjoyed doing and then developing a really complicated uh, schedule. Our, our aim was always, always to try and get them three or four activities that they'd sort of specified that they, you know, they like. Mm. And we just, we just found it was overly complicated. It didn't necessarily work out to be, what little Johnny really wanted to do. Um, we we, ne- we didn't really get negative feedback. We got some feedback that basically said, uh, you know, little Johnny found it a little too structured. So what we did the summer after was we sort of did um, basically each period that we ran, they got the kids got three or four choices of what they wanted to do. And it was just like, right, who wants to play football? Who wants to do drama? Who wants to do arts and crafts? Mm. And then you'd go out and do, you know, you do those activities. Um, so that was sort of an example of how we tweaked the product or, or the program. The other thing we did was we started to offer, I think it was sort of the second summer, we we offered a day rate rather than just a weekly rate because we were getting feedback saying, oh, um, and we had parents who had, you know, booked little Johnny in for a, a week, but only needed two or three days so um, and we had other parents who hadn't booked but had said look if you did day bookings would do that and that 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 worked out quite well um so yeah d- definitely listening to what you you know what our families were were sort of feeding back you know all the positive stuff is really great uh, and it, it helps it does help reinforce your product because you do more of that you know if um if they're saying they like something don't don't change it but really actively listening to what 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 more they want and what Mm. what what potentially could you change yeah i like that distinction that you made within the active listening of sometimes little what little johnny says he wants isn't actually what he wants so there's yeah it's like how do you you know you get the, the direct feedback 
but then also you need observational feedback to see what people yeah. how do people actually interact with your product and how are they actually responding to it over not just what they say about it yeah uh, and another sort of more uh, process sort of led type uh, product development that we do is we so at the end of each summer we'll and throughout the summer we engage with our team and say you know what's working what's not you know what 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 do you think we could change because they're the guys delivering it and each mm. each team member each staff member brings in something a little different you know we've had people that have sort of been top of their game in for example dance or one of the guys used to coach at west ham um so you know guys who are really strong in their field and they you know they're delivering it they know what, what what could be improved so we take on board that feedback as well and then the other thing we do is we do at end of summer whilst it's fresh at the end of the summer we do a review and say right you know what didn't work well you know what can we build on next summer um and then throughout the year we've got a little tab in our email folder that's you know new new ideas for 2021 and every time we come across something or we read something or an idea pops into our head we'll just pop it in there and then when we start to sort of dust off the uh, the plan for the next year we'll talk through those ideas cost them up see how they could work so mm. there's sort of a, an ongoing um sort of idea generation type thing that we do but it's the, the key bits are capturing the, the feedback whilst it's live yeah. Okay. That's. It sounds like you've got a lot of good uh, structures in place to to facilitate product development. And to... that's why I'm a business consultant. Well, there you go. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay, that's an interesting point. How much of your? So, I've got a two two sort of part question. How do you cope uh, running this alongside a uh, sort of full time job, yeah. but also? how important do you think it is to have a full-time job that you're able to borrow skills from to apply to your side hustle side business yeah so, so to your first uh question um like i mentioned we do sort of targeted sort of sprint evenings and weekend days when it gets to june july i tend to take over the two months in the run-up to camp i'll take three or four days off so that i can just like you know do, do a bit more sort of sprint thinking and, and planning for the summer uh, i'll normally bolt it off. i mean these are practical things but i'll bolt you know a monday or a friday off and so i've got like three solid days to just go at it mm. um so that's how i manage it um and to be honest i think that's the, that's what works best for me because my my day job is sort of you know pretty full-on um and you know for the last couple of years i've been london-based but before that i do did travel quite a lot for my job so i find just you know sort of separating the two works best best for me however i am able to sort of leverage my skill set as a sort of operational sort of process improvement type consultant um and apply them to to camp horizon so you know so some of those examples were, are things that i've applied to to client type organizations on a much grander scale obviously mm. and uh, you know often a lot more sophisticated than a little <laughs> email folder um yeah. but i think yeah the the skills that i've i've gained through my current sort of you know consulting career but also 
the camp America experience, uh, you know, mm. molded quite nicely. And then obviously Helen is a teacher, a P teacher as well. So when we get into delivery of the program mode, even though we've stepped back because now we just sort of, you know, um, we oversee it. We're not necessarily delivering it. And that's sort of been the model for the last couple of years. She's very good at sort of leading from the front. So if if she drops in, and I do it sometimes, but Helen more so because um, of the summer holidays and whatnot. And if she notices something's flat or, you know, the camp's having sort of, it's, you know, pouring down with rain and uh, none of the kids are motivated, then she knows how to sort of s switch up a gear. And, and that's where her um, applicable skill set is. And, and that's mm. what's really strong. Um so yeah, it, it works sort of in, you know, my strengths are in terms of sort of planning and all the business side and sort of operations, that sort of thing. And Helen's really good at like actual day-to-day -day summer camp delivery. Um, yeah, I think it's good to hear because I speak to a lot of people who, because they want to set up a side hustle or they are setting up a side hustle, start to resent their nine to five, which they feel like gets in their way of fulfilling the potential of the side hustle but i think it's a really important point that if you can pull skills from that nine to five into yeah. your side hustle but also if you aren't if you aren't able to do that maybe your side hustle isn't aligned with what you're doing because maybe you should be doing something that you can pull skills across from otherwise you know if if i'm trying to become a circus clown maybe it's too different from what I do my yeah, nine to five yeah. that I'm not going to be able to, I'm not going to be able to, there's going to be no compound interest there. Whereas really what you want to be getting to is where, yeah. you know, you're sat in a meeting at work and you think, oh, this is going to be, I'm going to nick this for Camp Horizons. Like this is a really good, <laughs> a really good process or whatever it is. I'm going to, I'm going to borrow it. And then you, you're compounding your own, like you're leveraging on what you know in a, multiple places rather than yeah. just in your nine to five. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And and I think, you know, who would think, you know, management consulting and childcare, uh, you know, you'd have those links, mm. but it, I, I, if you don't think there are those links, I'd, I'd, I'd say, you know, really test yourself and, 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 and I'm sure there will be some sort of skills or knowledge that you can leverage into your, your side gig for sure. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah. Okay. So, last few questions i would like to know where do you think camp horizons will be in five years time and what's the one sort of blocker or the one thing that you would need to totally supercharge the business cool so i so in five years i think we we would like to be in a position where we're running 10 camps or 10 sites uh, across London, I don't think we'd move out of London yet, and probably be running not just summer, but sort of Easter, May half term, and maybe longer in the summer. At the moment, we only run for three weeks, um, mainly because we, well, Helen wants a break, she's got six weeks off, so um, I've only been able to negotiate three weeks of running Camp Horizons. <laughs> um, but you know, when like, like we were saying earlier, when you scale, you know, there'd be opportunities to potentially hand over day-to-day -day running to, uh, to, to a manager type team member. Um, so that's where I think that would be sort of a sign of success if we're running 10 sites, 
over yeah Easter May and and summer. In terms of so in terms of was it blockers or, or yeah what's the one thing that would that would supercharge your business? So I think for us it would be the ability and it it sounds pathetic but the ability to market really effectively. Hmm. I think we're pretty good at everything else you know the recruitment the training the actual program um all the Ofsted stuff I think it's being able to market effectively and you know we we still we flyered in 2019 and you know we may always need to do a bit of flyering but I think we we rely on it too much and we probably spend too much cash on you know things like google ads which Google Ads has been excellent for us, but I don't think we're doing it properly. And, and so if we could market, if someone said to me, we we can get you 50 kids at your each of your camps, I would have no issue, you know, going up to 20 sites and recruiting 100 people. Because um, mm. I think we can do, we do that well. And, and yeah. it's, it, yeah, that that's what would supercharge it. Um, but it's, yeah. it sounds like you're doing it the right way around in terms of, you have all those clear processes that you know and that you know that you're good at and things like the product development are in a really good place so that once you can dial up the, you know, if you can guarantee, like you said, a, a certain number or threshold of customers each year, then that's just unlocked. You, you don't have to sort of change stuff as you, as you get more customers. You've got that in, you know, got all that stuff already sorted. Yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, it'd be, yeah, and the, the the other mini sort of supercharge charging element would be if schools were more open to working with you. Mm. So it's really hard to get through to a school and and uh, basically you know convey your message, try to work out some sort of arrangement. They just seem to be, and I get it, it's not their priority. You know, what's an extra couple of grand renting out in the summer? Mm. Um, to you know someone in the office or if you do eventually get through to a facilities manager there it's often they see it more riskier than you know than the additional revenue um but again i think that changes when you have scale if you're to you know if one day we're able to tell a school look we'll rent your facilities for all school holidays that's that's yeah a bit of a supercharging element or a game changer um so those are yeah those are the sort of two elements i think we need to overcome or, or use more effectively. Okay. Great. And finally, can uh, can you tell people where where they can find you? What's the website? Yeah, absolutely. So um, www.camphorizons all one word .co.uk, um, or just type us into Google. Uh, sort of Camp Horizons East London. You should be able to find us. Great, Fabian. Thank you very much. No worries. Thanks very much, Peggy. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to Startup Chat. Do check out the Camp Horizons website and email inquiries at camphorizons.co.uk if you want to get in touch. Fabian did also mention that if you have any marketing know-how, they would love to hear from you. Please do share this podcast if you enjoyed it. And if you've got a business idea, no matter how big or small, head over to www.theseedhub.co.uk and we can get you started. See you next time.